Good podcast. It's Houston, and I'm here to introduce a episode of the Super Story Podcast that I'm super excited about. I think it's going to be an awesome conversation between me, uh, my business partners Brad Lusher and Travis T. Rev Carter, uh, concerning the thing that I think is the most defining element of our company, which is something we call soapbox. Soapbox is is commonly uh, referred to similarly as a theme or a message or or the meaning uh, behind a story. We're big soapbox people, but ultimately it's how do you create entertainment? How do you build brands that are centered on passion and purpose and perspective? We think that is the secret weapon in today's market, and we're super excited to share this conversation with you all. And one last thing, uh, we're introducing uh, a new aspect uh, to the podcast to the show, which is a mailbag of answering questions. So if you have a question uh, that you would like us to answer, we're going to put a link into the description of the podcast into the details. Uh, Make sure you go uh, just leave a little audio question for us. We want to incorporate that into the next episode of the podcast. So looking forward to hearing your questions and hope you enjoyed the episode. So, uh, so what's interesting about soapbox is when we're talking about soapbox, people may be saying, like, what you know, uh, what what do you guys talk? Why do you call it a soapbox? Why do you call it a theme? Why don't you call it, you know, something else? When we talk about soapbox, we're just talking about like basically the the message or the moral of the story. Uh, we're talking about the uh, the what are you trying to contribute? Uh, uh, that message you're trying to put out there. You know, some people call it a theme. Some people call it a, a message. Uh, we call it a soapbox, and that that term derives from uh, in the days before amplification, when people would want to spew political opinions. They would literally have to stand on a soapbox uh, on a street corner and for people to hear them, and um, and they were called soapboxers. And uh, they would never stand up and try to give vague things, uh, vague ideas. They would give specific opinions and their perspective on whatever issues that um, uh, the people were dealing with. And um, and so uh, at One Three Creative, we as a team, uh, we really make sure that um, that we're using the platform of entertainment uh, in a socially responsible way to say how do we how do we put forth. Um, uh, not just a vague theme, but a very you know specific messaging uh, that goes into the entertainment. Because I think I'm a, I'm, a, I'm very bullish on this fact that the the greatest uh, uh, entertainment that stands the test of time over generations uh, it is the secret ingredient is that it pours out of the heart of the creator. It it um, it it's like a preservative that goes into the uh, uh, into the entertainment. Uh, if, if you, if, if, if something isn't connected to the heart of the creator in some way, some passionate way, then it may pop for a minute, uh, maybe hot for a time, but it's like a sugar rush. It won't sustain over a, a time. It, it disappears. Uh, but I think the, the entertainment that comes out of the soul of the creator in a meaningful way, uh, is, uh, that, that is a preservative that, that then we remember 20, 30, 40, 50 years later, hundred years mm-hmm. later. Uh, and because it connects with people in a different way. Do you guys, do you guys remember as a kid, what was like the first song or movie 
or or play or whatever that you engaged with that that really that you that you were impacted by the message that you were moved by by the message of the entertainment uh for me i i think i mentioned it earlier it was um the movie et right um it was just like that that acceptance and belonging is such an important thing you know because some so many people feel out of place and as a kid you know i remember going to a new school in third grade and feeling out of place and almost feeling like this alien you know and yeah um finding that first friendship and that first connection with someone was so important yeah you know to help me feel accepted that was great that's great um for me i like the first time i remember it was uh superman watching superman and I just like really connected with that, with, uh, you know, the old Christopher Reeve Superman uh, movies and uh, really just connected with, with what Superman stood for. I was always a Superman fan. Uh, and, too, yeah. and I always preferred because what he stood for, and this is why it's even still today, I love Superman, but also love um, uh, in the Marvel side of things, Captain America, just like what they stood for as characters. And, uh, you know, like the truth, justice, American way sort of a thing. Like, uh, that always resonated with me as a kid and, and, and I, as a character, um, not just the plot, but just the character of Superman. I remember, uh, like, you know, senses of patriotism, senses of just like, you know, what's good. Truth is good. Uh, you know, how to, how to do the right thing, even when it's hard. Uh, those themes that just stood for Superman as a kid, as a small kid, even before I turned into my nerdy book reading self trap, uh, just like was really, uh, in this, and this is why I was impacted more by Superman drawn drawn to Superman as a kid more than Batman because I always felt like Batman had a sort of different vibe to him right like uh, that it, it wasn't you couldn't about relate him. to him as much he was that cool was, yeah like yeah Batman was cool to me but he wasn't as important as as Superman and so um, so yeah that was my first memory of being impacted by not the plot, but, uh, uh, but the, the meaning behind that character. Yeah. I remember even, yeah. Like when that, we, that was like one of the first VHSs that we sat down as a family to watch. Yeah. I was so excited. And it just, yeah, it blew me away. And yeah. I was like, well, impacted this. Yeah. Right. And, and a lot of people go ahead, go ahead. Jeff. Go ahead. I, I was just trying to think of that first movie that in, um, that I remember that impacted me, but I, uh, I think the trigger for me, un un unfortunately, is a little different. Is I told my family I was in fourth grade that we all should see Splash with Tom Hanks. Oh right! Oh yeah, Carolina. I remember that. <laughs> and they took my advice, and we went. And I I loved Tom Hanks. It's yeah. My Who doesn't love Tom? Favorite actor. Yeah. He's the person I want to meet him and Denzel. I met Leo. Um, got that checked off. But, and we all went and it just, the emotion of like my family sitting there watching Splash. Uh, but as far as soapbox related deep meaning, when my family got me to sit down and watch um, The Color Purple, was that directed by oh, Steven yeah, Spielberg, yeah. right? Sure. And sure. watching that relationship that the, the man treat um, uh, his wife, uh, which was played by Whoopi Goldberg, so poorly and, and how the pretty woman in the... Um, movie embraced Whoopi Goldberg and made her feel loved. She was just looking for love. There were so many different layers in that like period piece and yeah. sort of being reunited with her kids. I mean, that just touched me as a young person. And then of um, uh, 
menace to society. I, I love, you know, the yeah black gangster hood hood rat films, but just seeing from like the, what was going on in South Central and what you had to do those those two opposite ends of the spectrum as a, a youngster stood out a, a ton. You know, it, for for me, Boys in the Hood, man, Boys in the Hood wrecked me as a kid. Uh, it was it was so irrelevant to me, not uh, not in a in a in a pejorative way, but you know, growing up in in northeastern Kentucky uh, and seeing a story in South Central, like it was hard for me to relate. Uh, and uh, but but that the 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 tragedy uh, when you watch that when you watch that movie uh, that like that got me as a kid, like that that. I, you know, that kind of tuned me into the struggle of, of growing up in an environment like that. And I just wasn't, wasn't in tune with that. And so, so yeah, yeah. Poison the Hood for me, that was, that was, that was super impactful. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, the, you, you know, went to that black family reunion. That, like what, what was that in Kentucky? It was like a big, big party or something. Or? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, so as a kid, uh, as a kid, my, um, so I grew up in Northeastern Kentucky, uh, very, um, uh, not very rural, but very kind of Mayberry like, you know, it's in, it's in Appalachia, it's in the mountains. It's on the border of West Virginia and Ohio and Kentucky, kind of where they all butt together. And um, so um, when um, every Cincinnati was about two hours away and every year uh, my, my parents would take uh, us to the black family reunion, which was uh, just a festival uh, on the river of, uh, of Cincinnati. And, um, uh, it was, it was awesome. It was like this amazing cultural thing. We were pretty much the only white people that would, that were, that were, were you know, that were there. Um, but I loved, uh, just, uh, uh, cause you know, it was interesting where I grew up was very, it was, um, it was, it was wildly white, right? I mean, it was like 99.9% white. And uh, it was like, there, 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 there were so many white people, uh, you, you didn't even have the opportunity to be racist because you couldn't be racist against anybody because it was so whitewashed, right? <laughs> and, um, uh, and so, uh, you know, credit to my parents uh, where it would take us out of that bubble and drive two and a half hours away and, and uh, make sure that we, we, we spent time, one, in the, just a larger urban uh, uh, center of Cincinnati, uh, but then specifically at, uh, you know, a, a cross-cultural festival that, um, uh, that exposed us to a lot of different ideas, a lot of different art, uh, a lot of different music. Uh, and it was, it, was, it was cool. It was a really super interesting way to, um, to uh, spend the summer, right? Uh, every summer we'd go to Reds games, we'd do all this, but we'd always go down to the river to the Black Family Reunion. So, um, so it wasn't just like, we didn't crash somebody's actual reunion, right? right. right? Uh, but it, it, was, it was just a festival that everybody um, would go to. So, um, so um, now this, 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 this concept of creating entertainment that's important, entertainment that is connected with meaning, that's connected with emotion, uh, I think is such a powerful thing. Uh, and, and, um, and the reason why I think it's so important is because when we do that as creators, when we create from a place of meaning and purpose, uh, we connect with the audience differently. And it gets into this, all this like kind of hippie metaphysical, spiritual uh, 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 conversation because Travis, as a, as a, as a music producer, as an artist, you understand this, like you can have, you can have one vocalist be singing a song and, and she can sing in the right key. Her pitch is fine. She like, she sticks to the melody 
everything's great. Like technically she checks all the boxes, right? Then you have another vocalist come right after her, sing the exact same song in the exact same key, exact same arrangement, exact same melody. But when this, if the second vocalist believes every word that she's singing, mm -hmm. we as the audience hear it differently. It connects yeah. with us differently, right? And I, and and like you have like, but but what's interesting is technically that doesn't make sense because she's in the same key with the same melody, the same arrangement, everything's exactly the same. But when you can kind of, when you can, can connect in that um, that non quantifiable way emotionally, then all of a sudden it it creates a different product right that 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 we receive right that's the essence travis of, of soul music yeah you know i was thinking about um uh bradley cooper lady gaga when sure. and, and you think even him watching that movie and watch i've seen so many renditions of the, the tell me something girl yeah yeah the shallows yeah so and a lot of people have, have, have it's a great song. So they sing it, they put it out on YouTube. But I think them as actors, and as actors, you have to, you know, be me being an actor, what I'm taught to is to go into a real place if you want to pull this off. Sure. You could hear the real place. Bradley Cooper's not, he's a, a good singer, but he's not the greatest right. singer. That's, that's not his first thing. Maybe it is. But what I heard in those two and what I heard in those vocals, you could hear the the passion i could hear yeah. more passion over the simple vocal but them emoting uh more than if i heard someone on youtube who just had a really good voice and could do a lot of riffs and runs sure it was something about when when they did it i think they tapped in uh to that and probably much that emotion probably much to the to the uh uh uncomfortableness of uh bradley cooper's wife at the oscars yeah. <laughs> saw that oscar performance that oscar performance like him and Lady Gaga like got into like an emotional place that everybody's like, whoa, like, yeah. it, and it made the song so much better, but then like cut to his wife, like, you know, 15 feet away and you're thinking, okay, I wonder what she's thinking about this. Right. Like, uh, but that's, you yeah. know, if she was background. black. She would have been in that crowd. Mm -mm. Oh, we haven't <laughs> talked about this. Oh no. Right. Oh. <laughs> but, yeah. I think that's, you can feel that though. Like, you know how, you go to a concert and then the, you know the songs they're going to sing. Yeah. Like if you're a fan of them, that it's the same lyrics, the sure. same arrangement, like you said, but sometimes there can be a good concert and a bad concert. And it's like, it's the artist's own music, yes. right? But sometimes they really feel it and they connect to their own music and their performance, so the, the passion drips out or, or sure bursts out almost sure 100%. but then other times when they just they're tired and they're just on the road and they don't feel it it yeah. doesn't feel like something that's jumping out and connecting with you you You're know right. and so yeah, yeah. connecting to that art is so important if you've ever read a hemingway novel uh like uh that dude bled every word on the page like you could just tell like the dude, I mean, I, you can imagine just like, it's almost like he's typing so hard his fingers are bleeding. That's what it feels like when you read a Hemingway novel. Because I love his short stories. They're the so, trend, they're, trend, he always just like finds a moment that he connects to and just flushes it out in a way yeah. that you feel like you're there. Daniel Day-Lewis yeah. is an actor that, that, that does that on, from an acting perspective, right? He puts himself, he connects so much with those roles. It's, it's super, super dramatic.
you know, it's interesting bringing this up, uh, soapbox and things being believable and how they galvanize and bring people in. I read a lot of personal development books. That's my thing, uh, doing a lot of personal develop, uh, business development for us. And uh, so personal development, business development is, is big. I, I just embraced that. And I was reading a book, Pitch Anything, which you also yep. read. You said, great, yep. book. What, great book. What's the uh, author's name? Again? Uh, 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 Oren Hatch. Cleft? Cleft. Okay. Yes. Cleft. Yeah. Let me look it up. But he, he um, I was listening to it on audio as well, but he did the audio. It made a huge difference. Oh, yeah, 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 the, yeah. The, the inflections, the passion in his Oren voice Cleft. rather yeah. than just hiring some some cool guy who has a good voice to read when it was yeah. coming from the author who's been through these battles and you're hearing these battles, the joy, the funniness, the frustration, it drew me in. And then I'm, I promote the book for him to um, different salespeople that I come across and say, Hey, and listen to the audio, listen to this guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes a huge difference. And a lot of people have. So I, I think there's something to that. And, and having, soapbox and creating from that being creative and letting that uh dictate all your creative decisions for your story it doesn't have to lead to corny uh stories boring stories it can oh, be 100%. embedded in everything because I, I think about and i don't know if they did this but i think about the um i think about the uh, movie the matrix that was, that, that's one of my favorite sure. movies of all time i loved it and you know why i loved it is because of the message embedded and i don't know if they embedded the message that i'm thinking of but i thought about i'm a christian so i like jesus christ and i like the story i like the the the, the subject of faith and sure. i've never seen a movie personify and teach on faith so in the bible they say faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen so right. neo had to go through these trainings and these battles to believe he could do something that you could see at jumping over buildings, yeah. flying this and that. I said, if this is not the coolest way to, um, to show what I could show to youth group and kids, Hey, you want to learn about faith? You want to learn about self-sacrifice sure. with this event? great story that would, that you could spread and every decision based on there from the beginning to the end about hit when he's in the regular world to yeah. into the matrix mm -hmm. was about belief believing something bigger. I, I think it just, right. that just goes to show that you right. don't have to be corny. Like, Oh, wh why do I have to have meaning? Well, no, that yeah. meaning is getting somebody somewhere. So I mean, what you hit on there is that, I mean, there's been a lot of really cool movies, a lot of really cool art that use the technology of the day and, and even that push yeah. technology forward and this and that. But what you hit on is that it has the meaning. That's really the foundation of it, you know? So, there's tons of movies that they spent millions and millions, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars creating that we don't even remember because when we were done, we kind of walked away and we didn't even remember it. It didn't, it didn't connect with us, but yeah. something like that where it's a deep, profound meaning, plus there's great art that that's telling that story. And that's when you have these all-time greats. Sure. I think that, that uh, what you're talking about is, is resonance, right? It is, is, you know, is it hollow or, or is there something deeper there? I mean, I always think about like, um, you know, you almost think about uh, uh, soapbox, uh, stories with great soapboxes 
it's almost like you create reverb, like in a in a in a music sense, um, <laughs> with with the story yeah. to where you you like the the story happens, but then the reverb like carries on, right? And you can it, it, because it, it like you walk away and you're impacted emotionally and you continue to think about it and contemplate it and, and, and you talk about it with your friends later. And, and, you know, I mean, potentially years later that you'll, you'll still have conversations about, about the, 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 the emotionally impactful thing that, that resonated, that reverbed out, right. That reverberated out. Um, but if, if you don't have that soapbox, it's like turning all the reverb down, that completely like dry room and you're like, you hit it, boom, nothing, right? Like there's a sound, but it stops right there. And, uh, you know, and I just don't think that those things, I mean, those can be cool. Right. Uh, but, but, uh, and those can pop and those can be commercially successful, but ultimately I don't think they're, 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 they're lasting. The, the Greeks had a, the Greeks had a, uh, this concept, uh, uh called Meraki that, um, that the concept of Meraki is when you create something with all of your heart and soul, uh, you, um, you don't just create the product or create the thing, a little piece of your soul goes with it, right? So that then when people experience that thing, they don't just experience the thing, they actually experience your soul. So a painter who paints a painting with all of their heart and soul, um, they're not just painting paint on canvas, a little piece of that soul goes with it. So that when you see that painting later, somebody else, the audience sees the painting, they don't just see the painting, they see the soul. And, right. uh, you know that, and, and and that's sort of an X factor, right? Well, that it goes into the creation, and that can that can be rooted in political messaging, and that can be rooted in, in you know in, in religious messaging, uh, which which is which I think is is fine. Uh, but that also can just be whatever you're passionate about, right? Like whatever you find meaningful, and so you can root soapbox in in what do you want to say about family? What do you want to say about you know about work? work-life balance. What do, you, what do you want to say about an, you know, like your love of animals and your love of dogs? I, I was talking to a, to a girl, a, a screenwriter, who was very much just not in tune with this. And uh, she was very resistant because she resistant to, to connecting uh, her, her passions to her work. She just wanted to do whatever was marketable, whatever high concept uh, was, was trending at that point. Vampires are movies. Vampire movies are super popular right now. So I'm going to do a vampire movie, right? I'm going to spec this for HBO because this seems to be trending that way without really, really ever centering on something that, that she even just, she even cared about. And, and I kept asking her like, what do you care about? Like, what do you, like, what, what gets you up in the morning? What, like, drives you? Uh, what do you think about when nobody's around? Like, you know, like, what is that thing that you connect with? And she, she you know, she wasn't religious. She wasn't super political. Um, but she thought for a minute and she said, giraffes. And I said, giraffes? She said, yeah, giraffes. She says, I love giraffes. And, and I said, okay. And then she goes on and starts talking for, like, 10 minutes about like the, 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 the majesty that is a giraffe and how, uh, how awesome they are and how their hearts are the size of basketballs and how a baby giraffe is six feet tall when it's born uh, and how they, uh, they, you know, how fast they can run and how they can kill a lion with a kick and how she hates those big game hunters that like will, will shoot a giraffe and take a picture and put it on a Facebook. She hates those guys. And like, she goes on and on. And, and when somebody, it was, it's such a dramatic thing. And, and I think you guys know what I'm talking about. When somebody connects to their passion, they act completely differently. Because when I'm like, when I was meeting with this person, you know, she's like cool and she's she's kind of like a low key person and she's like slumped back a little bit and and she's talking. But when she starts talking about drafts 
and this is what anybody does when they when they talk about their passion they sit up straighter their eyes widen their voice goes up an octave right and you like you lock in and i said listen the greatest thing you'll ever make in your whole life will be something about giraffes I don't know what that is. I don't know how to make that marketable. I don't know how to make that cool. But like before you retire and before you, you know, before you die, you need to create something that has to do with giraffes. I don't know if it'll be the most commercially, but like that will be so fulfilling for her to be able to do that because she connects to a purpose. Right. And that's what I bet. I bet she would connect to to someone. I I bet she would. I, I don't know if there was a purpose or a soapbox behind uh, the tiger King. But here is all of America, and here's uh, I'm I'm this this black dude from 92nd and, and Cherry from East Oakland, and I'm watching about these hick type folk in Oklahoma and uh, fighting, and did she kill her husband or not? And it was really interesting. But there was a soapbox in there. Who's right? Who's fair? Is it fair that he he went down? And mm-hmm. so it's interesting that giraffe story. I'm just saying that super interesting. If there's a passion bef- behind it. Um, and if there's a soapbox, I think the soapbox is what draws all of us together beyond uh, racial barriers, religious beliefs, because when I talk about Neo and, and faith, faith is, in, is a part of every religion. And, and that's a part of even if you're an atheist, you want to believe that you can do something greater. And sometimes you have to take risks and steps. So it speaks to that as well. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, so that, that's, that, that soapbox does that. And that's why I want to ask you to this question. Um, and, and I'll preface it with this. I don't know if you remember, Houston, we were at some type of personal development. Uh, we were doing like the, the Millionaires Something Club where you learn about business. And there, I think there was a lady there who was saying, hmm, I'm going to pick my occupation, my next thing that I do in life, as if she was picking it, uh, blindfolded her eyes and uh, went uh, on LinkedIn. And, and if you could scroll LinkedIn like a uh, uh, oh the Wheel of Fortune wheel and whatever stops on doctor. Okay. Let me go into that next. That makes money. Remember she says, I'm going to pick my occupation on whatever's kind of trending and makes money. And we're, we kind of looked at each other and like, hmm, I wonder how long you'll last in that. Oh. And so we have creators yeah. who are probably doing the, the same thing. So two part question, how successful do you two think that is um, to do say, okay, I'm just going to make a movie. I'm going to make the the next cool rom-com just because rom-coms are back in, or I'm going to make the uh, next great period uh, sword and sandal piece because, Hey, that's hot right now. Or do you think you should 100% of the time say, I'm going to find that advice that you were talking about, that, that meaningful thing and build my world around that, my story, my creation and center it on that, getting that message out, that good advice out, that religious topic out or whatever it is. Sure. You know, what, what is your take on that? I mean, I think sometimes the skill of an artist can be pretty good and they're able to make something that maybe could resonate with someone on some level, um, but without the real heart behind it and the real message, like, like Houston said, there's no resonance there. It's, it's going to have a pretty short life in, in the minds of, of the viewers you know it's not something they're gonna take with them out of the experience and be able to actually use in their life it's gonna be pretty forgettable i think sure no and 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 i think practically speaking the problem with this now if we're we're talking about trying to get your own projects 
sort of, you know, through the pipeline and, and realize your own projects. Um, your passion and your connection to the piece puts, uh, puts gas in your, in, 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 in the gas tank. Right. Uh, I, I think, I think it's almost the difference between lust and love. Okay. Uh, uh, People say, "Well, I, lo I love filmmaking. I, you know, I love this. I love this. Really, really, they, they, they. I think a lot of them lust after it, right? Like it's sexy, it's cool. Like you, you want to do a vampire movie because the vampire movies, uh, you know, uh, you know, popping right now, whatever. Uh, and 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 you think your love of filmmaking is going to see that through. Like we all know, everybody knows. Like uh, entertainment is too frustrating, too hard." takes too long it like finding the money is like you hear so many no's like it it's it's so difficult to be able to make it through to finally realize something actually in the marketplace if it if if you're not connected to the content of your of 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 whatever you're doing right then mm -hmm. uh you'll burn out you'll stop it's not worth it like it, it's too hard. You're going to get too frustrated. You're going to get like, it, it, it's, you'll move on to something else, right? Just like lust. If you, if, if, if your only connection to a partner is lust, you think a girl's sexy, you think a guy's hot and, and that's what your relationship is built upon. As soon as you start to get to those tough points in a relationship, as soon as you start to have the arguments and the financial troubles and the, you know, and, and, or, or an illness or a sickness and things like that. Once you get to the tough parts, the real parts, you're going to leave like, she like burps or farts a lot in the morning and you're like, the, well, I well that's right? that. like, you're like, well, okay. Yeah. That, that the lust isn't going to see you through, right? Like the lust is fleeting. The love that, that real substance is what is going to make it through. And, and I think, think you have to love what, what you're doing. Makes me think about, uh, you know, you were talking about the matrix earlier, you know, one of the great, great pieces of art in our lifetime, because it was done with great skill plus had that, really good meaning behind it. Um, yeah. But then if you look at the Wachowski brothers or siblings uh, later in their careers, when they were just trying to fulfill their Warner brothers contract right. and make, and make movies just to fulfill it, they right. had giant budgets. They had all the stars you could ask for. And time and time again, the movies were, were bad and super forgettable. It was hard to get through them, you know, but then something like remember when winter's bone came out, like you didn't yeah. know who that, who that artist was that made it. You didn't really know Jennifer Lawrence was yet, but it, it connected so, so well that like it, it made a huge impact on me. Or, yeah. You know? It's interesting because uh, a lot of, uh, when you take it to albums uh, in, in the, the rap genre, these guys are, their best album is typically that very first one. First one yeah. They'll be telling that story of their life. Um, the, the rags to riches. Yeah. The, 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 David versus Goliath, me against the world story. And you get into it and people are sharing, look at what he went to and look what he, the passion, the lyrics. And then it, they tend to get each album, not that it's not as creative because production gets better. They're getting more money. But something about those first albums typically resonate and people talk and that becomes like their masterpiece, the sure. thing that they can lean on. Sure. I mean, you think about the comedians are the same way, right? Uh, it's, it's, uh, um, you look, whether it's like, you know, Eddie Murphy to Adam Sandler to, uh, you know, uh, or, or, you know, somebody like Jay-Z, uh, uh, it doesn't matter. Like usually the early stuff is better because you're hungry. 
right? There's, there's so much passion and drive there. And then once you get like rich and fat and comfortable, it's tough to be able to kind of lock in to those, those, yeah. those things that, um, that, that are, that are meaningful. Right. I mean, I think, you know, what's, what's super interesting is, is looking at the difference, uh, from when, um, Prince died, uh, uh, you know, when, so when Prince died, tragic Prince was awesome and, uh, he died way too young. And, um, but when he died, like Twitter was really sad for three days, but then everybody moved on. Right. And the conversation ended. Um, when Nipsey Hussle died, his death resonated, I think. And maybe it's just because there was legislatures that started putting things into, into place because of him. Right. I mean, maybe it's because we're just here in LA and, 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 and Nipsey's was, uh, you know, it had a bigger effect in LA, but I feel that like Nipsey's death is still resonating uh, out because his brand was, was, I think Prince was probably more talented than uh, they were talented in different ways. I guess it's hard to compare that, but let's say like for sake of argument, Prince probably more talented than Nipsey, um, but Nipsey oh, was building by, by far. Nipsey was building this brand on importance. Like he had, a, he had meaning to everything he did. Yeah, he, had, he was building things for his community and, and doing it for the people. Right. And he was, what it seemed like. Prince was much more famous. Nipsey was an underground artist, never got anything on like uh, uh, top 40 or, or, or charted um, in the like top 10, I believe, you know, and, and I, I could be wrong, but you know, my brother was telling me something who's, uh, close to that uh, whole scene. And, but it's funny because when you have what he stand for, how he hired um, uh, ex-cons in his right. stores to give, give them a chance. Yeah, guys that couldn't get like, work anywhere hey, else. He his soapbox was people deserve a second chance. Let's not write people off. Sure. That's what he stood on. So, and then he acted on that. People get behind that. People did get behind that. And I think, I think that's an awesome thing. There's always going to be someone who believes like you believe. And even if they weren't your friend before it ever heard of you they're even if they're uh, some white or black Congresswoman who sure. believes that, that they'll say, Oh, there's this guy who lives down in South central and he's doing something for this and that. I want to talk to him because I want to have a legislation that I'm building up and I'm going to partner. Then all of a sudden he's at his messaging, his music, who he is, it all rises. Um, with the, as the water rises, so sure. I, I think that's that's pretty uh, an interesting thing to uh, to really point out and stick on. Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that when we're talking, the key ingredient to soapbox, and because we always want to make sure we have an immense amount of value, practical value in, in, in these podcasts and vidcasts. The, the uh, when we're talking about a soapbox, I think the key ingredient, practically speaking, is perspective. Is what is your opinion? It's not just the theme. I mean, we talk about theme a lot. Creators talk about themes a lot. My theme is good versus evil. My theme is love. My theme is uh, you know income inequality. Uh, but but um, uh, you know what's when we're talking about soapbox, soapbox is like super theme or like theme on bath salts, right? Like it's, it's just, you know, like just a jet pack strapped to theme and we're, we're doing something bigger and, and more specific. So what is your perspective and your commentary on that theme? I don't care about a theme really. I care about you as a creator, giving me a window into your soul 
and saying, right. what do you, what do you, Brad? What do you, Travis? What do you feel about love? What's your perspective on love? What's your perspective on family? What's your perspective on police brutality? What's your perspective on income inequality? What's your perspective on liberty and freedom, right? Like you as a person, not a fake you, not what you think is going to be trendy, like you. And that creates that authenticity. In a world of Instagram fakeness, I think authenticity is now uh, going to be valued more than ever before and just being real and not just flexing and flossing uh, just so people will, will think you're cool, but like be vulnerable and open yourself up and give that perspective. And so when we're building a soapbox, we say, what's the theme that we think is, is important to talk about? What's the topic we want to discuss? And then what is the perspective, the unique commentary that we can now bring to the table, right? Mm -hmm. And then we will all then want to take it a step further and create advice out of that, right? If our opinion is true, then what advice would we give people, right? So let's just say our, our topic was love. And uh, uh, if, I just, if, I, if I just say, my theme is love, my topic is love, that doesn't give you any insight into me, like what I feel about love, what I believe about love, right? And so you're not really going to, there's, there's not going to be a connection. There's going to be a disconnect because like we're not connecting as people. But if, if, I, if I say the, my opinion on love, and that can be anything, and let's just say uh, for the sake of argument, uh, if I say love, and then uh, my opinion about love is that love at first sight doesn't exist. You may not agree with that. Um, you, like uh, uh, you may agree with that. I don't know. I think it's okay to create a soapbox that people don't agree with uh, because that creates conversation. It, it'll elicit feelings about that topic in the viewer. If they, they feel that the creator and the artist who's presenting that topic is connecting to their passion and presenting sure. their opinion about it, then that's going to make you think about your own opinions about it. Absolutely. You know? That's where, the, the dialogue and the conversation happens and that's where you can get somewhere about in that for that topic and, it's, and it will it's make for conversations as much as we yeah, should exactly and think that it makes for a very deep rich and layered story um layered story let's say you say you're talking about love what do you say okay my opinion is if you truly love someone you're rich and your fiance is poor you won't make them sign a prenuptial agreement. Mm. And if you're thinking prenuptial, then you may not really truly love them. There's yeah. something in, your, in, in the back of your mind saying it's not going to happen. Sure. So then you can create a whole, a whole story, a sure. series on, on the prenup and wh when it works and when it doesn't work and it, it, it just spreads. But what happens then too is when you have these soapboxes and you have this uh, topic and this, uh, this opinion about it, if you're a creator, you don't have a lot of money, then what you can do is start um, put, putting that soapbox out there on different platforms in different ways, talking about it on a podcast as sure. it relates to your, your story, your movie, your characters, having, talking about it on face, Facebook, um, uh, creating memes. There's some really cool social things that you can do all from the soapbox, partnering with certain community yeah, partners. It starts a movement, right? Like it was yeah. between the movement and, and it creates you know, sort of non-fictional aspects to your brand, right? And I'm yeah. super smart, Trav. Uh, you know, yeah. it, but, but you know, it, we all, uh, I think you watched The Marriage Story. You watched The Marriage Story with uh, Adam Driver and oh, yeah. uh, Carl James. That was, that was so, good. I loved it. So the, the, the topic and the theme about that is divorce. 
right? Like that, it deals with divorce or marriage, right? E either one, right? And, uh, but it doesn't leave you to equivocate a, a like, what is, what is it are we, that we're supposed to believe about divorce, right? That, that story has such a specific perspective about divorce. The topic is divorce, but the opinion is divorce is wildly destructive. Right. Divorce is is divorce is an awful thing. It does not paint divorce in a in a good light at all in any way. Right. And no. and, and about how once you get something these things, these little things started, they can just like snowball and snowball and snowball and snowball into big things until finally they're actually in court. And 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 it's just the, it's such a tragic story that there's nobody there's nobody that can walk away from that film thinking, wow, I'm glad they got divorced. Like I'm glad they went through that. Like the perspective of the creator is so clear on that. And that's why it resonates. But here's the thing. Here's the trick. This is what's going to, uh, 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 going to uh, uh, finalize the soapbox. We have topic. We have opinion, right? Which is your perspective. But we also have advice. So if the opinion is true, what advice would you give people? So if divorce is a wildly destructive thing that negatively impacts not only the spouses, but also the children that are involved, what's the advice that you would give people, right? Well, probably do everything you can not to get divorced. Work out these small things. Uh, don't run so quickly to divorce because it ends up being such an awful thing, right? Like, like it, it creates a call to action to the consumer, which is an important aspect of brand building, right? Call to actions are big, but it, but, but it, it, it lets people know, okay, cool. This is, this is sort of what the movement's about. Now it creates a movement of like, let's work out the small stuff right? So that they don't turn into big things, right? Now we know actually yeah. how to start walking the soapbox out in our lives. And that actually can create meaningful change in people's lives rather than just being a cool story. So soapbox, opinion, advice, those things go together and it gives you sort of those building blocks to be able to, uh, to, to really, you know, build something meaningful out. I love, um, I, I don't listen to a lot of Kelly Clarkson music, but, but she has a, uh, um, she has a song called Piece by Piece. I don't know if you've, you've heard of it. Uh, but, it, you know, she has an interesting story about when she was a kid, she was five or six, and her, her real dad left, walked out, right? And then she had a stepdad that swoops in and, um, uh, uh, like, takes the place of the real dad and sort of fills that void and is an awesome guy, raises her. Um, and then later in life, when she gets famous, um, guess who comes back? Real dad right? Real dad pops back in the picture. Um, obviously that doesn't go super well because he's only back for money. And then she, and then she has her own children and uh, she tells the story in the song and the whole song is sort of a, you know, screw you real dad. Um, thank you, stepdad. And here's my commitment to you, my child, that I'll never do the same thing to you. And um, it like, I'm not a big Kelly Clarkson fan, uh, but, uh, but, when I heard her perform that song for the first time, uh, it was like so super impactful um, for me. And uh, because she had a she had a topic, right, abandonment, or uh, uh, yeah, and and she had an opinion that uh, when a when a parent walks out on a child, it, it leaves a wake of destruction behind that the child has to figure out how to deal with, right? Um, but and but then it, at the same time, it has advice which is don't leave your stinking kids, right? Like, don't do that right now. Yeah. I connect differently to that song than maybe you do, Brad, right? Like, cause my parents never got divorced, right? So I can't really, uh, I can't really 
understand that aspect of it, uh, of like, I never had a parent leave. I never had a parent separate. Uh, uh, but the thing that I connect the most with that song is I have a, I have a little girl that's five or six and, uh, and I can now imagine what she would have to go through if I walked out. Right. But now you not having kids, but being a child of, of, a, of a family that did separate, um, you could probably relate to that song in a different way, right? Um, yeah, and, exactly. and which is kind of cool that we can all connect differently to these things, right? And Travis, you probably have a completely different perspective um, that that you 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 encounter with that stuff, right? Because you've you've dealt with step parents and things like that, right? And like you'll have a different take on it as well. So absolutely, it's just such an interesting yeah, it, thing. It is. It, it sparks so much uh, thought because as you bring that up and what that means, I, I, I immediately thought the feelings that I had when I was 10 when my mom and dad divorced and we spent two years living in with our grandmother while my mom and dad stayed in California to go through divorce. They were young, early twenties, getting their lot, their lives together. And so they could bring us back to California. Yeah. So my, my mother brings us back to California within a year and, and a half of living with her. She's murdered. And so immediately after that, I had this resentment, not against my mom, but just as a deep-seated thing with abandonment. Like she didn't abandon, but I said, parents, stay with your kids as much as powerful, uh, as much as possible. You don't know how much time you have with them. Because I added, I start as a kid, I was adding up the years. I was, I got to live with my mom. I'm like, wow. They take that two-year break of of a divorce, and I get back with my mom in a year and a half. Boom, she's gone until I see her in heaven. So I had a, a strong top topic and opinion and then the advice to go with that as you were speaking with that. Then when I moved to California, when I was 30 and left my kids in Ohio, mm. uh, to, I was pursuing my dream to get a record deal, which I was able to get. But as I was out here in California and they're in there like 10, 11, 12, 13, I flew back once a month, no matter how broke I was living in California, because I thought about, what happened with me and my mom. So it dictated my de- decisions. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And I'm sorry to go off on that tangent, but no, that no, good. just made no, me think good. about all that. Yeah, but what's sure. important about when you're, when you're telling, you know, telling your story with that passion and that connection, it doesn't mean that the audience has to have your exact situation, right. but right. it's, it elicits their own feelings about that situation. And, and like I said, the conversation starts, but also what's key is in order to really elicit those feelings and connect with the message is, the story has to be well told. You know, it has to be done with with some skill and some thought and some art. You don't want to just be, you know, on your soapbox and then just preaching. Yes. You know, just like laying out on the nose what the message is. You want to have some some skill in your storytelling as well. I mean, it that and that's where. Uh, and that's the line because we've all seen things we've all seen movies that are way too preachy that that like you know it's it's the the message is like clubbing you over the head right, right. With, uh, with this stuff right but uh, but yeah if you're artful in it and, and you're tactful and you understand sort of how to do it and you understand the, how to wrap it in the in, in a dressing of great story uh, that then then you know you're you're gonna hit on two levels you know, w- one thing that I think is interesting um, uh, Travis is, is just how differently you could relate to that soapbox just at different stages in life. Like you, 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 like you had one experience as a kid and then when you became a father, now you're seeing that whole thing from a different perspective and a new perspective. And, and, you know, I with, became my parents and I was like, 
am I them? And I, right. I kind of condemned them as a kid, but now I'm leaving to go to California and my sure. kids are in Ohio. You know, it's, it's interesting. It's such it's an interesting thing because, because now, uh, uh, you know, there's this concept called phenomenology that, uh, that uh, uh, I was introduced to by this guy named Brian Clark, his old transmedia guy. Uh, he, he, he passed away a few years ago, tragically from cancer, but he did a thing. Uh, that speech. Yeah. Just that, that, it was good. How we can, how we experience things differently in life, uh, different times in life. And, uh, uh, you know, I was watching the return of the Jedi recently and, um, uh, you know, at the end of the, the of of that movie, Darth Vader throws the uh, throws the Emperor uh, into the pit, and um, you know, and and the electricity that the Emperor is is shooting out kind of ruins Darth Vader's suit, and he ends up, you know, he, he sacrifices, he dies, right? Uh, uh, Anakin Skywalker dies there at the end of Return of the Jedi. The, uh, one of the controversies of the sequel trilogy has been the uh, uh, the revival of the Emperor. And you have a lot of fanboys on uh, on Twitter and on social media that are saying when J.J. Abrams brought the Emperor back, it ruined the the the, the sacrifice or made uh, rendered meaningless the sacrifice of of Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker in Return of the Jedi because uh, he died for nothing, right? And um and and that's you know that's that that's sort of the hot take that that people have. But it was super interesting when I was watching that is uh um is that 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 battle what he does at the end of the return of the jedi is not about beating the boss at the end of the video game board right like it's not just like it's not just you know uh winning the plot do you know, fixing the need it's like what he does is anakin deciding to do what's right yeah. And it's not even just what's right. It's uh, it's oh, there's the right place peeking in. So it's not even what's right. It's like you know, Anakin. If you follow follow Anakin Skywalker's through the prequel trilogy, like Anakin never had a dad, right? He and and he was taking he was taken from um he was taken from his mom by Qui Gon, and Qui Gon was going to be like a father figure in his life, and then Qui Gon died, right? And so uh, so Obi Wan was more like a brother. He was never really that father figure. Uh, of uh, uh, for Anakin, so Anakin grew up without a dad. But what was so interesting is that at the end of Return of the Jedi, it wasn't about defeating the Emperor; it was about saving his kid. It was about uh, sacrificing himself for his child. And yeah. uh, even if they bring, and he he died being the good dad that he never had. And, uh, uh, and and whether you bring the emperor back later uh, or what that, that doesn't minimize the sacrifice or, or the message of what a parent is supposed to do for their child. And I don't think I would ever have really gotten that until I had a kid. Right. And uh, like, I, like, I, I just don't understand that. I wouldn't have understand, uh, understood that um, uh, perspective. So, so um so this is such an, but there's an artful storytelling that goes along with that, right? There's just, mm -hmm. a, there's, a, there's a way to pull that off that it may be 20 years later before you realize like, oh, okay, <laughs> like I get it, right? You don't have to like beat someone in the face with it. So, um, and, and one like tactical thing that I think uh, um, that you can do is take your soapbox and build it into the concept of the story world itself. Right? Yeah, right. We always talk about world building and, and you tell stories inside the worlds. But if you, bit, if you bit, take the soapbox and build it into the concept of the world, then mm -hmm. what, you don't, what, what that does is it liberates you from having to, every story you tell in that world, 
doesn't have to be that same message all the time because the message will always be there intrinsically and it's unspoken. So if you watch Wally, I don't know if you guys remember Wally. Wally's great. I watched it recently. It holds up. The, the, the message of the story world is an environmental message. Like, like don't, so get, don't get so caught up on your own selfish needs that you forsake the planet right? Uh, uh, you know, don't let the planet uh, go to crap just because you want to like, you know, take care of yourself, right? I think that's clearly what that message is, though it's never spoken. In fact, nothing's ever spoken in Wally. It doesn't have any dialogue, right? Uh, but but we, we feel that soapbox, even without the words being communicated, right? But what's super interesting is the soapbox of the plot of Wally is not an environmental message. It's a love story. It's about the little junky robot falling in love with like the super hot new robot. And despite the fact that she's way out of his league, he goes after her regardless, right? Like that has nothing to do with the environment. That has nothing to do about sort of the larger soapbox. It's a love story. And, and it's about like, you know, uh, being able to love who you want to love despite what society says who you should love, right? And so, so what I think is so cool about that is, is, the environmental message is there though. They felt the freedom to be able to kind of nuance some different types of storytelling on top of that, but not at the sacrifice of uh, that main soapbox. Right. So if you yeah. do good world building, you put that soapbox inside the world itself. Yeah. I, I think that uh, harkens me back to what I was asking earlier. When people pick their jobs, do you do it for passion? Do you do it just because it makes money? I think there's a little balance. If you want to make a film and you love a certain genre, pick that. If there's a certain genre that's hitting, a certain style of music that's hitting, that's popping at that time, you can pick that, but port your soapbox in that genre, port it in the world to give it uh, a longer lasting effect uh, and, and, and overall a greater reach, a greater community, greater money let's talk about everything you know yeah, no. nothing wrong with that so that that would be my well, advice I, to one of my favorite filmmakers is james Cam james cameron you know and <clears throat> that's a that's a guy who poured his passion into his projects and sure. and yeah like you were saying he he didn't stick on one genre i mean if you look at terminator to aliens true lies titanic you know like avatar yeah he, whatever he was like really into at the time he put his passion into it and he found a way to still have you know good message and a, a, a connectable story in there but sure. he he did kind of build a story world that you kind of you know you love to explore and you can kind of see meaning all throughout of it all sure. throughout it 100 right he was super successful with it you know now trav uh, quickly i want to end uh, as we end this conversation on soapbox I think, and I know we all believe this, but I am like 1,000% bullish on the fact that in the room pitching, soapbox is the secret weapon. Soapbox is the thing that, that like, you know, especially filmmakers, they, they you know, they, they, they get in their head and they say, well, we got to go in and we, we got to have our log line. We got to have, you know, whatever. Uh, and and they, they get so caught up in the technicalities of being able to structure their pitch in a, in a, in a specific way that some sort of industry person told them to do. Uh, but, but, but pitching with a soapbox first, I think 
is so effective to break people out of that analytical frame mind or that, that frame, right? And to get them in a different uh, uh, mind, mind frame and, a, and like really a heart frame uh, when, when they're listening to their pitch. What, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, absolutely. I think that the, um, it's the hook. Honestly, they hear a million stories, a million log lines. But when you go into a room to impress someone and to get something sold, the number one thing that people, you hear this and it's maybe overused, but people buy you. Sure. You have a story, but the you part comes in when you're talking about, hey, I'm creating this story. This was heavy on my heart. And I feel that this is would make the world a better place. This would make families do this or uh, and it, it affected me in this personal way. All of a sudden, they got into your story. All of a sudden, they may be thinking about something they went through with the kid, son, nephew, wife, wh- whatever. And that could be the one thing that makes them listen to the next sentence of that log line and gets them the, 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 the story. The log line may not even be great, but because you position your, your why and your soapbox so well, they say, let's get this made. Sure. Sure. Let's do this song. And what happens, I, I think what happens in the room is, is typically that like when you go in for a pitch, they'll have like their notebook open and their pen and they're ready to write and ready to take notes. And when you start talking about the soapbox and why, why you connect to, to the project and why you're passionate about it and why it's not just cool, but also important, not just to you, but also culture. What I've noticed they do practically is they, they take their pen and they put it down and then they're just like, they start listening. Right. And if you can get them to put their pen down, uh, uh, it's, uh, it's a tremendous thing. Cause now you're connecting here, not just here. If, if they stay here, the entire pitch, they're going to be thinking, uh, uh, the budget, like what's the budget is, how we're going to market this, how we're going to sell it. Right. Uh, but when you, when you get it here, they're thinking, man, we have to figure out how to make this thing. Uh, or even if we can't make it, I'm going to connect you to somebody else. I'm going to refer you over here and pull this other person in. And it's just, yeah. it's effective. And, and for those who are listening from the podcast, then Houston was pointing at his brain. If when they're oh, in their right. head space, it's right. not good. If uh, as 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 good as when they're in their heart space, and he pointed to his heart. Got, got to get them in the heart. Thank that's you. What, you that's what affects people. Trap, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Right. So so uh, and, and you know, and we'll talk about fan community stuff later, uh, maybe in, in a separate episode. But I think what's so cool about Soapbox is that one, you're going to build a fan community and build a community around your, your entertainment, right? I mean, people are just fans of your stories, but the, but having an effective soapbox, Brad, it, it, I think inspires community that, that may not love the genre of your, of your story, may not love that type of platform that you've released, right? But if you can get people to believe in what you stand for and to like, and, and, and understand what you're trying to achieve, you will inspire people to be part of your community just based on the soapbox alone. Yeah, absolutely. And then they're going to be bringing in other people that maybe didn't even think about that type of genre, but they're connecting to that, the, the message behind the story as well. And that's how you, you build that following. Sure. Well, here's what I'll say in, in, in conclusion. I found my quote. It would make for a great movie. There's been tons of movies made based on this, I think. The Fox and the Hound. Um, But one thing that Martin Luther King Jr. said is this, and I love this topic and opinion. He says, love is the only force capable of transforming an enemy into a friend. 
That's good. Let's make, super good. Let's make some movies on that. That's it, man. I love, I love that. Right. I mean, I'm just, I'm so bullish on this on soapbox. I'm just like a soapbox guy. I know we all are. We are a purpose driven company. I think we, especially in today's coronavirus, COVID-19 reset that we're going through stories with meaning are going to be more important than ever before. I mean, use this as an opportunity to reset your career and reset your life, reset um, your emotional compass in a way to say, I'm going to spend, I mean, we all see how vulnerable life is and how vulnerable uh, 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 everything is. Don't like take the opportunity. We're given an, a platform of entertainment through a democratized uh, 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 technological culture. We're giving platforms for entertainment entertainment. And, and, and if, you know, if, if you just use that to, to make whatever's popping and, and you, know, if the, you know, just whatever makes money, if it doesn't make dollars, that makes sense, that sort of mentality, man, like you're wasting an opportunity. Use this with like, you know, what's the, the Spider-Man quote, right? With great power comes great responsibility. I think we have a social responsibility to speak into people's lives in a way that, that, that builds them up, right? That, that improves their lives, that connects emotionally. It's going to help everything, uh, uh, yeah. uh, you know, everything in the, in the, in the whole thing. Um, and- Spider, Spider-Man stole that from the Bible. Um, That's it. Yeah. Just, just so everyone knows a lot of things come from the Bible, you guys not preaching right. to you. Just letting you know that they, I love a lot it. of Hollywood steal some things out of there. <laughs> so uh, for the, um, uh, if you're listening to, uh, if you're, if you're watching a YouTube video, uh, we're going to do a special segment here uh, that uh, that's not going to be on the audio podcast. So if you're listening via audio podcast, uh, we're going to start a segment every every show where we're doing um, a mailbag. Right? People are sending us in videos and asking us questions. Uh, so if you're listening to the audio podcast, make sure you go to YouTube and uh, check out the video. You can fast forward, check out the last uh, several minutes uh, to get that mailbag uh, in all of our channels. So if you're if you're just watching on on, on YouTube, uh, the podcast podcast actually has exclusive content uh, uh primarily the, the the smaller solo rounds that we the episodes that we weave in throughout the week uh, even between the, the big roundtable discussions that we have and so i'm going to encourage everybody to to subscribe and check out uh audio and video uh for um uh for uh the unique exclusive content Cool. Well, thank you guys for uh jamming on soapbox i think this is a valuable right. thing like we like uh, uh, speak and write and create from the heart. And I think that will never, uh, uh, you'll never steal you wrong. And just going through the process of being introspective, finding out what you're passionate about, like that is just good for your soul to do that. Right. Uh, and do that consistently, uh, throughout your life. Uh, we have a workbook coming out, uh, soon, the Superstory workbook, and that we actually have a process that you can do that. Uh, but how, whatever the process is, um, uh, do that. And I think that'll make you a better interesting person so please don't forget to subscribe rate and review